people will search these areas over and over again and there will be nothing there and then they'll come back to it like years or months or even days later and there's something there so a lot of people assume that like since it's a national park Mm -hmm. it's like animals or something hi welcome back to caffeine and crime i'm your host leah and today i'm here with adam and our other co-host l i guess you could say is missing oh my goodness that's crazy actually they're in oregon but no but they're missing yeah yeah okay so today's podcast is definitely gonna be a little bit longer but that's okay david paulitz i think is how you say his name is the author of missing 411 a book series about people who go missing in national parks and forests with zero evidence of what happened and he writes their accounts and what little evidence each case has and then these are like three cases that stood out in the documentary there was like five of them but two of them like weren't really detailed so i'm starting off with the second one because the longest one was the first one they introduced but i'll start off with this one so um the victim was bobby bizup and he disappeared (laughs) 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 he disappeared august 15th in 1958 in the rocky mountain national park in colorado and he was 10 years old wait was he by himself or was he with family he was with family but the way these people go missing like these cases when you hear them they're like so oddly similar that you're like funky Ooh, not going right. like conspiracy theory i think mm. yes the so mountains are eating them <laughs> so a little backstory about um the i guess like area where they were so it was in saint malo and it was a catholic visitation site in estes valley right on the border of the rocky mountain national park um it's got very popular visitation on a hill is a statue of jesus mm-hmm. Ooh, holy <laughs> and saint catherine's chapel is right below the statue um, so St. Malo is a story going back to a man or a priest, Father Joseph Paschetti, a Catholic priest. Uh, yeah, I said that. In 1916, he came up to, um, the valley with two others to go camping on the slopes of Mount Meeker, and they saw a meter in the sky, and they followed it where it landed. It ended up on the rock where the chapel is located. Father Paschetti said it would be a good spot for a boys' camp. What's a boys' camp? This is a camp for boys. Like, you know how, like, they have Girl Scouts and Boy Scouts? Like a summer camp? Yeah, kind of like that. So every week, kids would go on hikes, easy, medium, or hard hikes. They were, like, based on levels. Um, Most different age groups would go there, too. And the bonfires, um, they would have pretty much nightly. And they'd have skits and songs would also be sung. Um, Bobby was a partially deaf camper, so he wore a hearing aid. Um, and he really liked fishing, so he would always be at, like, the river, kind of hidden in the, the back of the camp. Mm-hmm. And at around 6 p.m. on August 15th, um, he was fishing in a back creek um, and was told by a counselor it was time for dinner. Bobby was following the counselor originally, but when the counselor looked back, he was gone. Um, everyone began searching for Bobby soon after. Within four days, there were 400 searches done. And the official searchers were confused at how Bobby could have gone missing since it was a straight path downhill to the campsite. So, like, you have the hill up here, mm-hmm. like, where the chapel is, and then it's a straight path down. Like, there's no way that he could have gotten lost on a trail or anything. Well, but, like, he will... I don't know, because if he was right behind someone, nobody could have... Exactly, that's what people him. are confused about. Well, what also kind of makes me a little worried, too, is, like, why didn't the counselor walk with him or, like, hold his hand or anything? Because he is partially deaf. 
Well, I don't... Just because you're partially deaf doesn't mean you can't I see guess, a yeah. Well, and I guess, like, when you're 10, they're kind of expecting you to be mature enough to follow them. What if it was aliens? Just like... That's what people... Some some people say. Because what a, a person would, would make noise if they're just grabbing a child. Aliens... Yeah. Silent. Can't hear them. That's... Those tractor beams. <laughs> those crop circles. <laughs> you can get lost in those pretty quick. So on August 25th, nine days later, the search was eventually called off because there was literally no evidence to where Bobby could be. Mm. And it said in the newspaper that, so like they wrote a newspaper about it, obviously, and the parents eventually just gave up hope. Which for me, like after nine days, though, that's so soon yeah. for me to just be like, oh, I'm done looking. Yeah. But I guess like in 1958, like in the 50s, there weren't necessarily like high tech technology to be like, oh, let's track them, you know. Well, but that doesn't mean they should just give up. Like, yeah. Oh, 1950s. Kids are going missing all the time. Yeah. Well, well I'm not sure happens. if they did, like, helicopters either, because I feel like helicopters definitely would have helped. I feel like a lot of people now do did helicopters. They have helicopters? Well, yeah. They had helicopters, like, in the early 1900s, but I don't think they used them as, like, search and rescue. When were planes invented? <laughs> Was that the 1800s? I. 1903. See, how would they By have By the Wright brothers. How would they have helped? 1939. That doesn't mean they were good. Um, three counselors that helped look for Bobby returned a year later walking on the side of Mount Meeker, and they found a hearing aid and clothing scraps, as well as Bobby's remains in a ravine that was searched over three times during the nine days that officials were searching for Bobby. And one thing, that doesn't make any sense. Yeah, like they for wouldn't something drag to a body away and then put it back right. later. So I put a note, um for this that the documentary wrote down too is most of the children that go missing have a physical impairment or genetic deficiency these cases go back decades but nothing but it still happens today what i guess like these kids go missing in national and this was a kid that disappeared in october 1999 in the kamachi peak wilderness and he was three years old his name was jared atadero i don't remember so um this story he was so the story was told by these two friends rob and gareth they were hiking the big south train on june 4th 2003 so keep that in mind he went the kid went missing in 1999 they went hiking in 2003 so these two friends pick an, a random area to go exploring and hiking um they said that they liked this area because it was a beautiful hike with like a really pretty river it's a wild area to hike in though um, it's like, like wild. It's like, like it's like hard to hike. Oh, yeah, it's like different. I thought it meant like super cool. Like it's wild. Yeah, so like for me, I probably wouldn't hike it as a first time mm. thing, you know. And they took a three year old. No, they are just two friends. So the three year old was the one that went missing four years prior. But that means that someone else took a three year old on it. Yes, essentially. That's yeah. problem number one. So. The two found a shoe while hiking, and this was like a fresh, it was like a baby shoe. It was like a fresh shoe. It didn't look old or torn up. It was a white shoe. So the story behind this as to how Jared went missing, they went to a 10-acre resort, and it was all about scenery and the experience of working there and just being with kids. And so in the fall of 1999, a Christian singles group was staying at the campsite to help Alan, which was Jared's father, prepare for the winter in exchange for free lodging. So um, Alan like worked up there and he just brought his kids with him because it was like it's an easy summer job it's easy to just bring my kids here they can you know play outside whatever and the christian singles group was like 
we'll help you prepare for the winter. We get free lodging. The group said they wanted to go to a trout corner that was about a mile away, and Jared and his sister both wanted to go with the group. So obviously the father was like, sure, you know, go with them. They actually went about 15 miles away from the lodge um, on a moderate road, nothing too crazy, to the Big South Trail to go hiking. So they went to the trail when they said they were going to this trout thing. Oh, wait, like they hiked the 15 miles or they... They drove the 15 miles to go to the hiking trail. Oh, God, because I was like... Instead of going the one mile to the trout corner. So, like, if, like, say, for example, like, if you were a parent and someone was telling you, like, oh, I'm just taking my kid to this area, not a big deal, mm-hmm. to then going 15 miles away. So, the singles group decided they would, the kids could go as long as they were held on to and had an eye on them at all times, since some of the ledges were more dangerous and, like, steep down. The hikers eventually started to, like, naturally spread out, um, as some people were hiking faster than others and some were hiking slow were just... Mm-hmm. based on you know whatever and one adult that was with jared and his sister seemed to be pretty far ahead she lost track of jared for about 20 to 25 minutes before even realizing it oh my goodness as my thing is like if you're not willing to keep track of both kids mm-hmm. why are you with them in the first place well and isn't jared the three-year-old jared's the three-year-old and his sister's a little bit older i think she was like four or five at the time oh my goodness. and when she was interviewed she said she literally doesn't remember any of this other than the fact that he went missing she just remembers being really really sad about it and not even like you know which is kind of sad that it's like you can't even really remember your brother or the fact like how he went missing to give details or anything mm-hmm. which is kind of sad she and some of the other adults kept walking the trail thinking that they would be able to catch up with him and obviously they didn't when you lose like someone for 20 to 25 minutes like me especially if someone lost me for 20 almost a half hour i would go looking for someone else yeah like i'd either go backwards or i'd go forwards but as a three-year-old you get scared easily so you're just gonna run and hope that you find someone i am not i am not aware of what a three-year-old is like do they can they (laughs) run yeah oh i like i just imagine like kids learn how to walk and like at a year i think year and a half so it was also reported that jared who obviously was alone at this time during this half hour that he wasn't accounted for he spoke to some fishermen asking if bears were around the campsite so i feel like as a three-year-old that's a pretty you know are there bears around here can three-year-olds talk yes (laughs) no (laughs) they they know about bears i'm sure they do i guess we should we should have had a three-year-old with us. They got to answer so many questions. Oh, interviewing a three-year-old? Mm-hmm. Well, Elle's not here, so. Alan, Jared's father, was told about him being missing by a lady who, like, walked in while he was taking a nap. And she literally said, like, the dad's quoting, he's okay, we just can't find him. What? Then you do not know that he's okay. Then you don't Exactly! And he went to go help look for him. And he was pissed off that they went so far up mm-hmm. from go- from a mile to 15 miles that's like depending on the speed limit that's about a 15 minute difference he walked the trail screaming for him but obviously there's no response 65 people as well as search dogs were sent to help find jared working 24 hours a day for eight days obviously it wasn't like you know the same people but they did like shifts and stuff mm-hmm. Night searching was a little bit limited, but people were still there, and three and a half years later, no evidence was found, and Alan just eventually lost hope. 
sitting out three like three years seems like a reasonable time to lose hope. The other family, mm-hmm. nine nine days. days. Like, You're just oh, like, oh well, what are you gonna do? <laughs> yeah, for real. Just like, oh, guess we can't find him. Let's move on, I guess. Yeah, but three and a half years, like, I feel you know. Obviously, they had to stop searching at some point. I think they stopped mm-hmm. searching about like a couple weeks in because yeah. Know. So Rob and Gareth, the people that were hiking the trail. And found the shoe um, those four years later. They knew about the case of Jared. Um, and when they found his clothes, they almost knew right away that they were his. Because um, when you see pictures of someone, and obviously when you see like a toddler's clothes and you're like, oh, this case happened, you know. I don't know. I go hiking and if I saw like a child's shoe or something, I'd be like, all right. Mm-hmm. They probably just lost the <clears throat> shoe. The toddlers do that all the yeah. time. Yeah. I, I feel like I do that like at parks and stuff or when I'm driving on the road like oh someone lost you know A, B, and C mm-hmm. like I don't know if someone got kidnapped or not what am I supposed exactly. to do pick it up and bring it into the police you well, know and like with toddler stuff it's like toddlers hate wearing anything yeah. uh, they're gonna kick it off and parents are gonna lose them well my mom told me all the time like as a kid like I used to take off my shoes and throw them out the window in the car wow and so uh, Robin Gareth said that there was no way Jared could have made that hike on his own because the terrain was too rough and as I said before, like, it was a 2,000-foot drop. Um, so authorities found Jared's clothes, jacket, pants, his skull cap, oh. and a loose, or, and one tooth on a log. So they eventually, like, told authorities about the case. And so they had more searchers come out and, like, review the area again. And mind you, these, the people that originally searched this the four years prior, they searched this area, like, three different times. Mm-hmm. And there was nothing there. Canine units at the time were alerting in the direction of where the clothes and bone were found when they did the original search four years prior in 1999 but they and they did search the hill but they couldn't find anything and so i did another note i said it's crazy how most of these kids have been found in places that have already been searched more than one time over yeah like all this evidence and stuff is like wow um authorities believe an animal took him buried him and came back later but there wasn't any mountain lion hairs or any DNA or blood on Jared's clothes, which when you have an animal taking taking you, mm-hmm. your best bet is to assume, like, there's got to be something there. Whether it's DNA, bite marks, and, like, biting holes, mm-hmm. um, tears, blood from either, you know, Jared or the mountain lion. Because that doesn't just wash out. Or you'd, like, find fur, too. You didn't find anything. Um, his shoes have been told by officials that they couldn't have been just outside for three and a half years because they looked so clean and if a mountain lion were to drag his body wouldn't there be marks on his shoes yeah so it's like and they they knew they were the the exact shoes because his dad confirmed it and there was pictures and everything but it's like when you have a simple explanation to something that is so complicated it's hard for me like as a parent i feel like it would be so hard for me to believe like say for example like you went missing like that like when you were hiking and there was no conclusive evidence like i i'm sorry i find it really hard to believe that there was a a mountain lion that came and was like oh gonna take adam today like well but like so i'm good i'm assuming that all that was left was probably bones of the child but Mm -hmm. then like that means that the body was sitting there for like weeks but then if the shoes were that clean it's like someone went and put shoes down like a couple days before it was found or maybe, I guess, a week's 
a weeks is different than years for shoes to be sitting out. So maybe it was yeah. like all at the same time. Well, that kind of makes sense though, because I feel like a lot of these have been just like kidnapping cases too, where you just have predators kind of sitting wherever and snatching a kid whenever they get a moment alone. But then the weird thing is, why would you they put them back in the searched area? Yeah. In so long. I guess, I mean, I guess some of them were kind of like, you know, I guess for closure or whatever. But at the same time, like, I, I see where you're coming from where it's like, why would they? You know, there's no point. Yeah. This is kind of what made me upset, too, about this case. Someone wrote an article saying that the reason blood wasn't found was because Jared himself or something removed the clothing before it was attacked by the mountain lion. This was debunked by mountain lion experts. Like, the dad, Alan, literally went to mountain lion experts and was like, is this possible? Because it's like, oh, yeah, let me just be a mountain lion and be extremely fancy and remove the clothing. You know, I can see, I can maybe understand a three-year-old, but it was freezing at the time. Yeah. Like, it was almost winter. It was the middle of autumn. And so, mountain lion experts have told Alan that the cats are unable to pull off clothing. Like, there's no way that they could have just removed the clothing from him before. Like, immediately taken Yeah, them. they're and just like, like, oh, let me use my claws very nicely. And then they just, like, folded it up all night. Yeah, for like, real. Oh, they're like, like, let's save the shoes. And then, We'll like, come back later. Okay, now we can eat this child. Um, Alan personally believes someone knows more than they're letting on. They think that someone kidnapped him. Yeah, probably. Um, and there still isn't a conclusion on Jared's case. Since 1915, there have only been 14 reported fatal mountain lion attacks in the U.S. and in Canada. So that's over a hundred years. And there have only been 14. People come to these, like, conclusions. And when, statistically speaking... It just doesn't make sense. Mm-hmm. You know? it's. I feel like it's one of those cases where mountain lions are probably more scared of you than you are of them. So this last case was... He disappeared five years ago. And his name was Dior. Um, he disappeared July 10th, a day before my birthday, Aww. 2015. Happy birthday! <laughs> in Salmon Chalice National Forest in Lador, Idaho. And he was two years old at the time. Wow, so impaired and <clears throat> small children. Yeah. So the scenery, um, it was a very remote, rural, long distance to the campground. It was kind of like one of those straight paths that I mentioned before. It was a nice campground, and it had like a side hill that went to the creek, and there was cliffs all around, and it was assumed to be a very safe spot for camping. Um, and when arriving, it was pretty late at night, so it was dark, so they just went to bed. So every day at the campground, there was mom, Jessica, dad, G- Dior Sr., um, the grandfather, Bob, and the grandfather's best friend, Isaac. And they were all people of interest simply because they were there. Mm. Your best bet, keep on... Keep the, keep in mind to Jessica and Isaac. Isaac is very creepy. Like, you're going to come to realize... Wait, who's Isaac again? Isaac's the grandpa's friend, and I'll remind you of that too. So the next morning, mom, Jessica, go... That's not really important information, but it's the fact that she went to the store the next morning and came back. Wait, why is that? It's like an alibi, for example. Oh. Um, so Isaac and Bob, the grandpa and the grandpa's friend, um, they went fishing during this time and Jessica and Dior Sr. and Isaac wanted to see the fishing spot. So Isaac and Bob went fishing. Mm -hmm. They came back. Jessica, um, and Dior Sr., so mom and dad and Isaac wanted to go back to see the fishing spot Mm -hmm. because Dior Jr. really liked fishing and like seeing the fish. So they wanted to see if it was a good spot for him to like be able to see the fish and like fishing himself Mm -hmm. dior jr 
follows, but he ends up turning around, and the mom and dad assume he went back to see his grandpa Bob and just stay with him because he was staying there. The three, mom, dad, and Isaac, went back to get Dior Jr. because they saw minnows, and obviously he likes fish, so they're like, let's go, you know, see him. Um, Dior Sr. asks Bob where Dior Jr. is, and Bob says he was right there, but he wasn't. Oh, yeah. It's a little sus. So the family looks for um, Dior Jr. for about 10 to 15 minutes, but there's no sign. So they call 911, which is a surprising signal, because where the camping was, there was no signal at all. Mm-hmm. And they basically got lucky that they got a signal. It was like one bar. Mom and Dad went to the ba- to the end of the road for better service. Um, within a couple hours, several searchers, search dogs, and a helicopter, and a deputy were on scene looking for him. Bob's wife rushed to help look for her grandson. Did she not like camping? I don't know. They didn't say. They just said she didn't go with. They're rude if you ask me. I, yeah. So the next day, there were over 200 searchers, and they searched the creek. They didn't find anything. They checked animal dens and nests. No clothing, no bones, no blood, no hair. Um, Dior was wearing very loose camo boots, and they mentioned this at the the very beginning of the documentary. Mm Mm-hmm. Um, his boots were like super loose on him like he's obviously two they were probably made for like a three-year-old mm. you know he stepped in mud and that shoe was coming off mm. um all of the suspects were being cooperative so mom dad grandpa grandpa's friend they were all you know chill and no red flags were shown after three days of searching jessica and dior senior went home um i mean self-explanatory you get tired after three days of looking for your son 24-7. So were they camping still the entire time? No. So the reason why they were still there is simply just to look for him. Mm-hmm. And they just, I guess they stayed at their campsite no matter what. Just to mm-hmm. see if he would like come back. I have a sweater, but I like my outfit. Okay. <laughs> also interviewed by the people that were filming the documentary. And he said, you know, obviously I need to find out information myself like i want to get something out of them either whether they killed him they took him um if they were hiding him somewhere he asked about the people that might have had a personal hatred towards them um they went to a news site to get interviewed about their son you know every not everyone is going to like you in life you know people obviously dislike us strongly but i can't think of anyone that would want to take my kid you know yeah let alone, like, murder them or hide them or anything like that. And, like, stalk you in the woods? Yeah, for like, go as far as to follow you there or, like, get there psycho. before you. Yeah. A lot... Some people, like, made this Facebook hate group towards Jessica. Um, I find out that sometimes she would leave Dior Jr. unattended at daycare. She had her tubes tied. She mentioned that she didn't want kids. Um, her family did need, need money for unpaid expenses as well. Jessica also had two other kids from a previous marriage. So people found this a little bit suspicious solely because she mentioned she didn't want kids. And like she had her tubes tied. And people said that she didn't like her son and that she didn't want to have him. Well, she could have just given him up for adoption. If she really exactly. Like if she him. really didn't want him, you know. And like for me though, I feel like, you know, I could not want kids now and end up freaking getting knocked up somehow and be like, oh, I don't want kids. And then have a kid and then get my tube side like mm-hmm. i don't see anything wrong with that i feel like when you have three kids two from a previous marriage and one with yeah. the current marriage that's a lot yeah you're kind of just like all right well that's a good amount yeah right let's, like let's finish this <laughs> i was like i think we're done now 
Um, <clears throat> so Jessica and Dior Sr. had a vigil for their son, obviously, because they didn't know if he was dead or alive. They figured they would just do something in remembrance. Um, and after, they said they left the vigil from the from after the interview, because they had it right after the news interview, mm-hmm. to go back to the campsite to continue searching for their son. Which is, like, dedication to the max. Yeah. But your child's missing. Yeah. Well, I mean, like, Anything when you compare it to the other two cases, the though, like, the other two cases, they, one of them searched for a day and then gave up after nine. The yeah. other one searched for a couple days and gave up after a couple of years, which makes sense, obviously. I feel like that's, like, a normal... I feel like there's just a point where you're just like, I see, I watch too much Criminal Minds though, because there's that one Mm -hmm. case on Criminal Minds, do you know what I'm talking about, where like, um, the fam, the, the couple took so, like, so many kids from families, and the mom just never gave up and thought she saw the kid. Oh, yeah. And she's like, I swear I saw him when I was in the road, and someone else got kidnapped, and she literally, like, saved them, Mm -hmm. and then the one kid died for the kid, because she was, like, trying to help her. Yeah. I love that case. It literally terrifies me. It's what got me scared of getting kidnapped. When I think about this, it's kind of what comes to mind of when people just give up. Mm-hmm. It's like you never know where they are. But then also with the one that was like the three years after he gave up, mm-hmm. he did have like another child that was right around the same age that he had to take care of. Yeah, that's true. He so had to take like, care of his daughter. You know, it's one of those things where it's like you could keep dwelling on the fact. But you gotta move mm-hmm. on with your other kids. So this is where Isaac... It gets a little creepy. You're not going to like him. I don't really like him. He kind of scares me. If you see a picture of him, he's very, like, he's not ugly, but he looks a little creepy. Like, if I saw him on the street, I'd definitely be, like, scooting a little bit away. Mm. I don't need to get snatched. <laughs> um, so, Isaac actually never helped search for Dior Jr. Um, he also had no comment when he was interviewed, and he didn't seem to show emotion when he was asked about him. Mom and dad, Jessica and Dior Sr., hired a private investigator named Frank Vilt, who was also, who, who was also interviewed by the documentary, mm-hmm. and he described Isaac as, quote-unquote, a strange duck. Yes. I would, yeah. Mm-hmm. Sure. Isaac was also convicted of a sex crime prior to the camping trip as well. Uh-oh. Um, and he also mentioned to the people the morning after Dior went missing that he got the best night's rest in a long time the night before. So some Wait, people like the night before the kid went so missing? like he went missing. Uh-huh. Sleeps, wakes up the next day. I had the best night's sleep. That is a weird thing to say. I know. That is a pretty weird thing. So I I honestly think that Isaac did something. But he was with the mom and dad when the kid went missing, so it's like Oh, that makes sense. You're so much smarter than me. But it, it like at the same time it's like he could have had someone else help him. Yes, but it'd be that'd be really complicated though. Yeah. Um. So mom and dad had obviously never met Isaac before the camping trip. He was a friend of of the grandpa. Mm. Um. And I guess the grandpa's like helped him out before when since he got the job, and he's kind of just been there for him. He kind of thought of him as a father figure, Mm. which is chill. Um. Some of the theories actually about this case was. There was a restaurant lady who was interviewed, and people say that she was paid to get rid of the body after the parents killed him. They think the parents killed Dior Jr. Um, They said maybe Isaac had something to do with it. Um, They said the parents did it themselves. 
someone like a sex offender kidnapped him, etc., etc. I wouldn't put it past like a sex offender or anyone creepy to like hide in the woods and just wait. But at the same time, it's like, why would you waste your time doing that? But you also... But I you, feel like there's better ways to go about it. I don't know. Obviously, they did it well. I guess. He, like, they have no evidence. Imagine there's just, like, a bunch of weirdos in the woods just waiting for you. I mean, you've seen Criminal Minds. I'm pretty sure there is. I don't think so. I think they have to make money somehow. That means they have a job. Well, I mean, you have the people that live in the woods and all the time, you know, they live in the woods and they have a cabin and like a real life job. But it's like when you got a day off. Oh, I got my day off. I'm just going to go sit in the woods. (laughs) Yeah, for real. Um, In the first three months after Dior disappeared, the parents made one media appearance. The reason why they stayed away is because they didn't want to keep the attention on them. They wanted the attention on their son. Oh, and obviously the they media. spent a lot of their time looking huh they stayed away from the media yeah so like they didn't do interviews or anything because mm-hmm. they were like i don't want the attention on me i'm not missing you know the attention's on my son well and like your child's missing i don't want to be on tv right like, like that i'm grieving understandable. and they said that a lot of people um they said they were looking for him a lot too mm-hmm. they like just continued to go back out there dior senior said that jessica's side of the family he believes this. He said, Jessica's side of the family had something to do with the case of his missing son. They think that the grandfather and Isaac and his side of the family had something to do with it. And they're not saying anything. And um, Jessica was actually really upset that they were getting, inter- like, the documentary was interviewing them on this case. Just because he did, she didn't want the attention on it. Hmm. Yeah. That's a little since the national parks and forests are government property the government doesn't need to keep a record of people that go missing there and so the reason why they said this is because they asked for a list of missing people to um that have gone missing to like put it in their end credits Mm -hmm. and like just give notice out to them and the when they were asked about that i think it costs to get a list Mm -hmm. of every you know missing people in national parks it cost 1.4 million dollars to get a list of everyone that goes missing oh that's good yeah which is like so weird like why aren't they keeping track of it in the first place and Mm. but then i I, but then again i think like the the media traction that that would get if they had a list and Mm. it just kept building and building like no one's gonna want to go yeah you know like think about like Yellowstone, like people go missing in Yellowstone all the time. No one talks about it. There's no media attention for it. Obviously, unless like the family makes a big deal out of it. But even then, it's like, oh, kid goes missing in Yellowstone National Park. Next story. And then obviously going back to like the case where they thought that the that um he was eaten by a mountain lion. Mm-hmm. You have to sometimes think outside of what would be considered normal, like a normal explanation like you stuck in a painting (laughs) cougars taking off your clothes that's not realistic no but at the same time it's like i don't think any parent or any person wants to think oh yeah someone kidnapped your kid and you know beat them to death and then decided to just dump the remains a couple years later i really think that there are a lot of creepy people out there but then at the same time it's like how can that happen to like three different cases for example you know where you know they go missing obviously not in the most recent case but like they go missing they come back and there's nothing there Mm -hmm. and then they 
go missing again. They do a search. And then, like, a few years later, oh, look at this. Like. <laughs> yeah. That's, it's just weird that it's years. Searcher, like, as someone who searches these places or, like, as an authority figure or even as a parent, it's like, you're thinking to yourself, I searched already. Mm-hmm. Like, I already searched here. How could this have gotten back or how could no one have seen this? That is the three cases for today. It was a long one, wasn't it? It was a long one. I took, yeah, I say like two, I spent like three hours. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Um, the next episode, you have to come up with a story and talk about it, Adam. Mm-hmm. Do you have any in mind? Um, not specific ones, but I want to do old people. Since you just did like babies and little kids, mm-hmm. I thought old people. You want to do an old person one? I feel like old people go missing all the time. They're yeah. old. That is true. And nobody thinks about it because it's like, well... Well, they're already old.